Welcome to Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. I am your host, Stephanie Pavlantos. Thank you for joining me today. And I have Amy K. Gunther with me. She's an author, but she is also the owner and founder of Torah Sisters magazine. It's an online magazine. So I'll tell you a little more about that. But first, thank you for being on my program today. Hey, Stephanie, thank you for welcoming me into your community. It's nice to be here. Thank you. So you are a single mom. You've homeschooled your three children. I read that you were a nurse until 2021. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. And so you are no longer working as a nurse, but you're working full time in your ministry of Torah Sisters. You do conferences. Um, You have a book, 30 Day Sabbath Challenge. Transform Your Life by Resting God's Way. And I love your title. And I also appreciated that you described yourself as how you grew up knowing Jesus, knowing Yeshua through the gospel-centered mainstream churches. And you are now Torah observant, as we say, or Torah pursuant. I don't know which word you use. Obviously, there, there are different ways of putting that. I've even heard some people say, I just, I just follow the whole Bible. And so that's a good way of putting it too. First, let's just start with telling us a little bit more about yourself. Well, you pretty much nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, I, I'm 48. I have three teenagers now. I'm about to graduate one of them. And yeah, we homeschool. I am a single mom. I've been a single mom for about nine years now. Grew up Baptist, non-denominational. Um, back in 2013 ish, 2014 was my first Passover. That's when the father opened my eyes. Um, which is a crazy thing because I'm nothing special. You know, I wasn't a Bible scholar. I'm still not a Bible scholar. And, um, I was just a regular person. And I think that's the story of so many of us. He opens our eyes to say, you, (laughs) you obey me fully. And I'm going to show you what that looks like. Um, and why not everyone sees that. I don't know. It's partly why I wrote this little book just to help people see that. But yeah, in 2014, I started, I guess, keeping Torah and it, it changed my life in so many ways for the better. And it Mm. also changed me from the inside out where I realized a big part of coming to Torah for me was not just the outward things like Sabbath feasts, you know, strings on my pants. It was, um, realizing how much the father hates sin, all Mm. sin. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, profaning the Sabbath or um, disrespecting and not submitting to my husband. He hates all of it. So I, I, I really changed from the inside out. And mm-hmm. I'm work in progress until the day I die. I'll never be done. But um, it was, it was um, a good thing. And mm-hmm. then, so I've been, yeah, keeping Torah ever since. I fellowship locally on Sabbath with different people around Michigan here. And I love my life. And I am a registered nurse, but yeah, I quit working at, a, I was working at a local hospital doing quality improvement, auditing charts, mostly working from home, which is great for a single mom to have flexibility. But I had to quit in 2021 for reasons. And um, then I, I've had Taurus sisters out there, I guess, for about nine years, really almost right after I started keeping the Torah. Don't mean to talk about Taurus sisters now? Sure. Absolutely. So shortly after I started keeping Torah, you know, you start friending everyone on Facebook and they all say happy Sabbath to each other. All the Sabbath keepers say happy Sabbath. And um, at the time I was still married and I just wanted to sort of be incognito because my husband was not on board with any of these things. And so I started a Facebook page um, with his blessing just, and I called it Taurus sisters, but I'm like, no one will know who I am really, you know? And I, then I could make memes and say, happy Sabbath. And so still today, the memes are on my website. You like the memes, you can go and mm-hmm. download memes. Um, I've got lots of them. They're free to download. And that started Taurus sisters. It was just a Facebook page. And then when I found someone else who has a woman who has um, something to say about Torah or stuff that they sell or a blog or something, I would get so excited because, you know, 10 years ago, there was not as many of us. And so then I would share that. And then I started an email list and called it like an e-magazine. And then people said, we want a real magazine. So after I quit my nursing, well, I started it in 2018, did a few issues um, and then COVID. (laughs) And then they said, bring it back. So when I, after I had to quit my, my nursing job, 
I realized, well, maybe I can make money with Taurus Sisters. Maybe I have something because I've always given free stuff. And right now on my website, TauruSisters.com, you can download all kinds of free things that are either pretty or encouraging or scripture posters or mm-hmm. um, things to help us in this faith walk. And I thought, well, maybe people will buy stuff because there's more things that I can do, but I can't give them away for free all the time because right. some things just cost money to make. And and so the father and the community have been wonderful to me since 2021. I brought the magazine back. I wrote this little book that we'll talk about. Um, I, I have other things like a sticker. I make, you know, stickers that are whole Bible worldview focused and things like that. Um, I did want to show if for anyone who actually watched, if you get this on YouTube later, but just to say yes. the magazine is a paper magazine. Okay. It's also online. You can get the PDF, but it's a, it's a paper magazine that I mail to people's homes and wow. come. Yeah. It's every other month. And, uh, it's just, I mean, I love it. I would buy it. That's why I make it. Cause I'm like, we need something like this. So yeah. it's for women and it has clean recipes in it and encouragement. Um, some spiritual articles, of course, to just build up our faith and then lots mm-hmm. of practical articles. Like what is, you know, how do you eat a biblically clean marshmallow? Is there such a thing? And uh, <laughs> how do you, how do you, every art, every magazine has articles about Shabbat and around feast time, lots of Passover ideas mm-hmm. and Sukkot ideas. So that's, this is the best thing that I have is the magazine. Cause it, um, I think it's something that the ladies keep. And they hold on to yeah. and they share it with their daughters and their daughters-in-law and the ladies in their congregations. Um, it's not your typical magazine. Yeah, that's excellent. I didn't even realize that. So I'm glad I'll have to sign yeah, up Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. So yeah, I I love, love, love mm-hmm. what I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not love this? And um, I do a little YouTube and I do a little podcasting when I have time, but I... Um, you know, you know, Stephanie, you only have so much time. You do. Yeah. I <laughs> and I put on the re the retreat every year in Michigan and maybe right. we're coming because uh, ladies like to be together. And that's one of my big passions, even locally with my local congregation. I like to bring people together. So mm-hmm. I'd love to come to the retreat. I'm going to I have looked into it, but well, I am a writer um, and most of my time has been taken up with going to writing conferences but I kind of feel a shift and not that I won't go to those, but I, I cut down to like one. And so I can go to a messianic or something like what you put on um, that kind of conference as well. Cause I used to just go to two a year. That was really all I could afford, but I'd like to kind of change up and maybe hit one of these conferences and, and uh, just, I think it's awesome to be with like-minded people, but also, you know, I'm a learner. I'm I'm not just a teacher and a, I'm a student first. You know, I think we all have to be students. Well, I think the Bible calls us to be students, right? Um, but but also teachers and we have to be student first. I love to learn from people and so I just I think it's an awesome opportunity to to learn more. And I know that there are a lot of people who don't understand this whole Torah keeping or whole Bible keeping, because basically what we're saying is the five, the first five books of the Bible are not obsolete. They haven't been done away with. Um, It's not one and done, you know, because Jesus came, he actually came to explain them, which when you keep reading past the verse that Jesus says that in Matthew um, what is Matthew 5? But he goes on to now explain the Torah um, after that. For us, it's just something that the Lord has done in our lives. And, and it was opening our eyes. And I don't, not putting anybody else down, but I think that for me, I just kept praying, Lord, show me where I'm deceived. Show me where I don't understand something. Show me what I'm doing that you don't want me to do it anymore. And I I think that when we pray that way, he's going to answer. And that's what started happening for me. He started answering and then finally got to a point where he just said, when are you going to put into practice what I've been showing you? Because you're not putting it into practice yet. And what do you say to the Lord when he says that? And you say, yes. (laughs) Okay. How do I do it? So, and it sounds a little like, you know, that's, that was kind of your story. It's just like, here's, here's the truth. Now walk, now walk with me through it. Yeah. When I came to Torah, I remember 
First, it was an academic study, Absolutely. right? You look at the commentary, you, you listen to both sides. Um, yes, the law still matters. No, the law does not still matter. Um, you look, you learn. I had, I didn't even, I had never used an interlinear before that. I learned to use an interlinear, which is how, you know, it's, I still do it very simply, blue letter Bible. You know, you can look up things about scripture and you can learn. Um, it's not, you know, anyway, yeah, but I found absolutely. it very helpful <laughs> to say when people would say it means this, well, let me look that up. Does it really mean that? Or am I just listening to what right. someone tells me it means? And so at first it was a very academic study for me. And then I was academically, you know, that just means knowledge based. Mm-hmm. Um, convinced that the law was still for Christians, that the Father still wants us doing as much of the Old Testament commands as possible. And I remember there was a moment of, I call it surrender, where I finally said to the Father, and I I actually got on my knees and I was bawling, crying, because it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of scary Mm -hmm. at first. You know, I said, I'm totally convinced I'm supposed to do this. I have no idea how exactly. to do this, but I'm going to try. Father, please mm-hmm. make a way for this to work. If this is what you're asking of me, um, make it all work out. And I, ever since then, there hasn't been, I don't think, a single Sabbath that I have, I guess, broken or profaned or not been able to keep the Bible way, which is a miracle, especially for the first year or so I was still married. Um, and it, it, but it, the father was already in the future making a way. And that's not the story for every married woman, but he very, really blessed me in that way. Um, and so it's been this wonderful journey ever since I had a lot to learn. Um, and that's partly why I wrote the little book. So do you want me to talk Mm -hmm. about the book? Sure. Go right ahead. So when, when the father opens eyes to these old Testament things and Sabbath is an old Testament thing. It's, it's as Mm -hmm. old as it gets, you know? Yeah. It goes back to Genesis. Yeah. He made the earth in six days. He made the universe. He made everything in six days. And then on the seventh day, that was the first Sabbath. There's hardly anything older other other than those first six days. Mm -hmm. When we look at these old things and we're like, how do we do it? Some people, who come to Torah and I use air quotes there because that means different things, different people, they come academically or they come with this big, everybody comes with a different story, a different way that the father opened her eyes, which is no coincidence because we're not all the same. But I wrote this book for Christians who are too busy. So some people come to, they just realize their life needs a change. And actually, you know, when we're recording this is the new year, the new Gregorian year is next year. Um, And Mm -hmm. this is a time when people are making like New Year's resolutions and they're looking at their Mm -hmm. lives and assessing their lives and what's really important, what matters, what do I need to change? What do I need to add? What do I need to take out of my life um, to make my life better? And I think Sabbath is a really good thing. I mean, the Bible says Sabbath is for everyone. It's not just for a certain group of people. So this is a great time of year. Sabbath was made was for made, man, not man. Yeah, it was Sabbath. made for all of us. And so this is a great time of year for people to, and I think the Father is waking people up like crazy, but I wrote this book mm-hmm. for people who are, I guess, Sabbath curious, or at least looking for a change in their life. They're not interested in mm-hmm. the academics or the apologetics right now. Um, some people go there first, like that's what I did first, but some people will find Sabbath and scripture and they're just like, that sounds nice. I think I'll do that for my family. And of course that's, there's such wisdom in that, you know, it's, it is nice and it is good for your family and it's obedience to scripture. And so I wrote this book for those folks who just want a change and they're, they're too busy. It's for Christians, believers who appreciate the word of God. So this isn't for people of the world who Mm -hmm. don't think the Bible is true at all. The book is for Christians and it's for Christians who are too busy. They're stressed out. They never have time Mm -hmm. for God. They don't have time to dive. You know, they have a desire to watch this sermon online or to do this Bible study book, but they don't have time. Um, They don't feel connected Mm -hmm. to their spouse the way they used to or or their children. Maybe they sit down and have family dinners three nights a week, but even that they don't feel connected. The kids are maybe mm-hmm. acting out or becoming rebellious and the family is just in 14 different directions all week long, right. seven days a week. And Sabbath, as you and I know, 
is the answer to a lot of that. I can't say it'll fix every problem, but it will fix some of the problems and it will certainly ease other problems. And I think that we even need to start with resting, right? Because even if you go back to the Ten Commandments, which most churches teach the Ten Commandments, we all as Christians keep the Ten Commandments. We think about it. I had them up on my my wall. I have a plaque downstairs um, in one of my rooms. And I, when I homeschooled my children, I had the Ten Commandments up on the wall. So that's been a part of our life since we've been in church. But number four says, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. And I don't even think that we know what that is because Sabbath is not just the day of church. It's a day of rest. And I think that's where we make our first mistake. It's not, it's not the day you go to church, really. I mean, if you want to continue going on Sunday morning search service, then, but it's resting on the Sabbath day. But most of us don't even rest on what we think of as Sunday morning Sabbath. We still don't rest. And so when this word was first used in Genesis, correct, it was used, it was the word God used to describe his rest. Yeah, he's not. But I think we, you know, sometimes I think that we, we think we're keeping Sabbath by going to church, but it's more than right. that. And that's what the book is about. You know, everybody wants blessings. We all want this and that. And a lot of what we desire is good things, especially if we're Christians, if we're believers, we do want that deep, well, I'm not married, but... Most good Christian spouses want a deep connection with their spouse and their children, and they want time for mm -hmm. Bible study. They're they're reaching for all of this the way they've been taught, <laughs> but it's not the mm -hmm. Bible way. So what the book does every it's a thirty day reading. There's thirty, um, not chapters, but days of reading, and it starts with a scripture because that's what all like no one's going to listen to Amy. No one should listen to Stephanie. They should go to scripture. So each day starts with right. a scripture passage, and then it's me talking about the scripture, what it means, how to apply it physically and practically, how do you keep Sabbath based on what that scripture says. In other days, it's encouragement to do this, or it's about the blessings, or it's about the deeper meaning behind Sabbath, which is the gospel, ultimately, that Yeshua died for our sins and rose on the third day, and that we will spend eternity with him after the resurrection one day. It, Sabbath yeah. is a picture of that most glorious redemption story ever. So I don't want that to be lost. So I talk about that in the book. It's not just a list of do's and don'ts. It's Sabbath should come from our hearts, and it should come as a way to mm -hmm. honor and glorify Yeshua, our Savior Jesus, above all and to reflect that then to the world so um sorry i get really excited about sabbath and i kind of bounce all over the place oh, I know. but um so every day they read a scripture and then they read me talking about what that scripture is and how to apply it and then at the end of each day's reading there's an assignment something to do because sabbath is not just something that you believe it's something you demonstrate mm -hmm. your belief by actions and so you do something um and so every so in 30 days that would be four Sabbaths. So they start reading on a Sunday, that's the first day, and then it preps them throughout those first six days of reading that by day seven, they know what to do and what not to do because the Bible has just a very few instructions and they can rest God's way on that first Sabbath. And then we just keep building on that so that each Sabbath becomes um, not just special, but more, just more everything, like more useful yeah. to them, more applicable to them with deeper meaning each Sabbath. And and it is an adjustment mm -hmm. and we talk about that. And you know, sometimes you have to clear some things off your schedule. And so I talk about the challenges of that. And I lots and lots of encouragement. I want it to be a very gentle book. You know, not yelling at people, you must keep the Sabbath. That's not the right. approach here. The approach right. is you should want to. And let me convince mm -hmm. you why it's good for you and why it's not too hard for you. And the parts that the world mm -hmm. makes challenging, let me give you some ideas to make make it an easier transition for you. Because the scriptures, God's commands, he tells us they're not too hard for us. He says that repeatedly. Right. But the world, our culture makes it a challenge sometimes to change. A burden. What's that? A burden. Yeah. Yeah. The world can make it burdensome. So we have, but we have to just realign things. I mean, 
Sabbath is not a burden to me ever, Mm -hmm. but I think in the very beginning I had to change some things. And one Mm -hmm. of the things I really, really do focus on in this book, while it's gentle, I am very firm that if we want those blessings from Sabbath, we really must do it God's way, you know? Mm -hmm. And as I, as I studied various scriptures for this, I, I just can't see anywhere in scripture where there's like a partway blessing for partway obedience. Or obey me three quarters of the Sabbath rules and I'll give you three quarters of the Sabbath blessings. I just don't see mm-hmm. that anywhere. I mean, even the Israelites were um, maybe doing some Sabbath, but then when they weren't giving the land rest Sabbath and they had right. big consequence. We're still in con- under consequence for that. So I can't, you know, God's sometimes an all or nothing God and he's allowed to be like that because he's God and we don't make the rules. He's smarter than us. And so I dive into that a lot here. You know, you Mm -hmm. can't, why did God make Sabbath go from Friday night to Saturday night? I don't know. Maybe that's an interesting topic and we can um, conjecture about that. And people I'm sure have studied that ad nauseum and they probably have ideas why, why he rested that day. Why didn't he start the week on Monday and then make, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but in the end, like it doesn't matter. This is what he says it is. And we just have to align our lives to what he says <laughs> because mm-hmm. we're not driving the the God boat. He's God. He, he gets to drive right. us. And when we align our weeks according to his plan, then we reap those blessings. And so I encourage mm-hmm. them, you know, and I, I straight up say, like, the Bible says don't work on the Sabbath. And that usually means, you know, money-making work. Um, And for a lot of people, that's a real legitimate challenge. And I have compassion Mm -hmm. for people in that position. But I I don't want to just, like, leave them hanging. So in the book, I give really practical ideas for conversations to have with their bosses, um, ways to um, offer their boss something else in exchange for getting the Sabbath off. Really, I want it to be really practical, but in the end... Even with all of Amy's tips and tricks and ideas, people have to take a step and you have Mm -hmm. to be brave knowing Mm -hmm. that it's what the Bible says and it's going to bring enormous blessings for you and your family. Right. And it's not to put condemnation on anyone because obviously you have nurses, doctors, um, firemen, you know, police, they, they work. I mean, as people have to cover every day, right? I mean, you have weekends, you have every other weekend, you know, so there's that whole thing. I mean, and in our life, my husband had a restaurant before we married. He made the decision to be closed on Saturday, on Sunday, because that was the Sabbath to him. And, and I think the Lord really honored that because he was trying and the Lord was very gentle with him. Um, we, he would still work when he came home, and this is my understanding because some of the words in Exodus talk about toiling, like tilling and toil. And um, he doesn't, you know, there are some things like working in your yard that still work, you know, and creating and stuff like that. And so, and I'm not trying to be legalistic at all. It's just um, my husband could really work hard on our property. We have about four acres. So the Lord just gently said to him, why I gave you six days. And this is how he put it. This is how my husband told me. He goes, the Lord just said, Mike, I gave you six days to work. The seventh is mine. And, and at that point, of course, we were doing Sunday Sabbath. And that was the day that we rested. Um, But my husband started resting. He did not do any yard work. He didn't do anything um, because he would use Sunday as a catch-up day, especially being out having to work six days a week at the restaurant. The Lord was very patient, I guess, is what my point is. He was very gentle. He's very patient about it. And he got Mike into a position where he could just speak into his life in the sense that Mike was ready to hear it. Mike was ready to listen and obey it. And so we put Sunday aside. But then the Lord took us to another step and said, okay, you've been doing great with that. You've been keeping it. But now I want you to keep it on the seventh day, which is Saturday. Um, and we just felt called. Like it was just, you know, he he didn't, he never felt condemnation that we were doing it on Sunday. Um, but it was really important that we rest. And I think 
that is the main thing I, I guess for me that I want to come across to people are you resting on the day you call Sabbath? Because that is what scripture tells us to do is to rest on the Sabbath. And so I think ultimately the Lord wants us to rest on his day. And then I've even heard, I don't know if you've heard this, Amy, if you, any of your studies have taken you there, but I had one guest, um, Rabbi Daryl Weinberg on my show, and he actually talked about the um, cycles in our body and the biorhythms and such that happen in our body naturally come down to a restful state on Saturday and then start going back up on Sunday. And so it was actually built into our bodies to to rest on Saturday. So I thought that was really interesting. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, cortisol levels change. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. And I kind of talk about some of that in the book. Like, And those okay. things are super interesting as we mm-hmm. learn about, um, as we observe, which is good science, is when we actually observe something that um, affirms what scripture already told us. And, but in the end, like, it, it doesn't matter though, does it? No. We're going to just obey the scriptures. And yeah, when, you know, when I meet people on the street or at a church or an event or something and, and they say they're resting on Sunday, I'm not going to like, you know, <laughs> like I don't get all in their face and stuff. Right. That's, that's not my job. But when someone comes to me and says, Amy, is Sunday the correct day? I will say, no, the scriptures say. It is Friday night to Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And maybe you get some benefit from resting on Sunday. I'm sure there's a lot of benefit from taking Mm -hmm. Sunday off, but it's not, it's not what the Bible says. And you're not Mm going to get, you're still, if you're still working on Saturday, the Bible says you're profaning the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. You can, you can do part of it on a different day, but you're still profaning the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I try to get across in this book is what do the scriptures say? It doesn't matter. People sometimes you probably get some of this too, you know, because we're out there and people mm-hmm. sometimes sort of email me looking, I feel like they're looking for permission to sin. They want mm-hmm. me to say it's okay. But, you know, I'm not, that's not my job. I'm, my right. job's not, I don't condemn anybody and I also cannot give permission to sin. That's not, I'm just Amy. I'm not God. You're right. Um, but I will just point them to scripture. What does scripture say about it? It doesn't matter what Amy or Stephanie thinks. No. What does scripture say? Mm-hmm. And um, so I've already had some people, you know, some people have told me that they've read the book and they've started resting on Saturday. They started mm-hmm. that and they're not, you know, Torah keepers, you know, they're, they're what I call mainstream Christians, but they're realizing Saturday is the day and they're mm-hmm. resting on Saturday. And yeah, like you said, some of them I'm sure are still going to church on Sunday. Um, I don't go to church on Sunday anymore. I go to church on Sabbath and fellowship with like mm-hmm. many believers in that way. Um, which is wonderful. Right. We did it, too. We actually switched. So. Yeah. Well, after a while, it gets uncomfortable, I guess, for for mm-hmm. some folks. You want to be with people who also appreciate that whole Bible perspective with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of people, I've talked, I've heard stories from some people who say that they read the whole book, but they don't do the assignments. They're not implementing it, but they read the whole book. It's a really, I mean, you could read the whole book in like an hour, hour and a half, and then they're like, oh. Like once they see that whole picture and may probably mm-hmm. hear me talk about the gospel and, and the trust, it's it's a it's a, not just a picture of trusting God, it's actually trusting God, which is mm-hmm. the story of the manna. That's the first real example we see of people trusting God with the Sabbath, right. with their preparations for the Sabbath. And then they're like, okay, now I'm going to go back to day one and I'm going to implement these things. And by the end, then they're keeping they're keeping Sabbath and hopefully they're keeping it. You know, the, the good way to keep Sabbath is to obey the commands and the commands are very simple. Like, you know, don't, don't spend money, don't work. Um, don't make other people work. Don't make your animals work. Um, rest. Um, and, but I also give ideas in there for other things you can do. Like you can invite people over, you can make the mm-hmm. house extra clean, extra peaceful. And she'll know me. It's not commanded to clean your house before Sabbath. It is commanded. I, I believe the example of the manna to prepare for Sabbath. So mm-hmm. what does that mean? How do we prepare for Sabbath? Um, what if we're in the hospital? You were talking about that. Can you keep Sabbath when, when you're in the hospital or when a loved one is in the hospital? I believe you can. If, if the father says, keep Sabbath, and if we do our best to prepare, then we can keep Sabbath. Now, sometimes with lack of preparation, 
our Sabbath mm-hmm. might not be very comfortable. <laughs> so, if, for example, if if you have no food in the house and you were um, you you didn't go shopping before sundown on Friday, you might be hungry on Sabbath. <laughs> Yeah. But if you prepare and you make sure you've filled your house with food, maybe even mm-hmm. cooked some ahead of time, then your Sabbath is going to be a delight. Mm-hmm. But it takes us to prepare and to put forth effort. And then he makes everything work out on the Sabbath, just like the manna. They would go out and collect double on Friday morning. Right. And it didn't rot. It was a miracle. He performed a miracle because mm-hmm. they obeyed. Some people just think that we can just sit back and do nothing in our faith walk and demand miracles. And that's not the pattern we see in scripture and especially mm-hmm. not with Sabbath. Um, right. We prepare, we set our hearts on obedience. And then I, I've seen it, over, I've been doing Sabbath for 10 years. And like I said, I've never had to profane or break the Sabbath. It's always worked out. There's been times where I had to go like without, I guess, um, but that's okay. <laughs> I can yeah. go without something. Um, nothing horrible is going to happen if I go without something. But I talk in here, like if you have children, you might want to have plenty of diapers and baby wipes on hand. Have a good first aid kit so that you don't have to go buy things for these little emergencies that happen. There's mm-hmm. a lot of practical things we can do, um, especially as Americans, because we have so much here. Yeah. And then, and then the Sabbath is not hard at all. Right. And I, and I just wanted to add this because I know to some people it may seem very legalistic and it's like, you're just being legalistic. You're just getting caught up in all of that, those laws and, and you're trying to be good and, um, and no one's good. No one's good, but God himself. And so we, we're not trying to be good enough to get into heaven. We are saved by the blood of Jesus and through his grace, period. That's it. We do what we do because we love him and because we want to be obedient to his word. It's not about legalism, right? It's 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 about being prepared to truly rest. And I can't even tell you how much I look forward to Friday mm-hmm. evening. Like we do a show from five to six, my friend and I, uh, Lauren Cruz, on the Messianic Lamb Network every Friday, five to six. When that show is done, boom, I know that my evening, there's no grocery shopping because I don't have to. I've already prepared that I already have everything bought that I'm going to need for the weekend, you know? So I'm not having to do anything, any kind of work. I don't have to be somewhere. I don't have to go and do something. And and my husband and I just sit down to a uh, easy meal because I usually say Friday night just for a really simple easy meal and then you know and then we relax we relax <laughs> I can't even I can't even tell you how much I look forward to that night to be able to do nothing yeah and um, it's not a burden that's all I can say it's it's not a burden because I don't you know I hate going to the grocery I never did like going to the grocery on Saturday or Sunday because it was so busy every of course we work we live in a society where you have people working 40 hour jobs a week you know and yeah that's their day they go to the grocery on saturday or sunday but i didn't have to because i was a stay at home mom i could go another day and i know not everybody has that opportunity i understand that so it's there's no condemnation i think it's just planning around so you can have a true day to rest and relax and your body will thank you for it mm-hmm. because it is made for man. It was so man could rest because God knew how important it was and is that our bodies and our minds can shut down and relax and not have to think about checking off something off the list or meeting this need or that need because I didn't think about it beforehand. It's just, it's just being preparing to rest, I guess. You're preparing to rest. That's, I guess, as simple as I can think of it. It's a gift. Mm -hmm. It's a gift. And, and you're making really good points. And that word legalism is such a word, isn't it? It's thrown around a lot. Yeah, it's thrown around and it means different things to different people. And so, you know, whenever someone throws around that word, I'm always like, what, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. So if it means 
like you said, am I trying to be saved or get to heaven or be in covenant, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. by keeping the Sabbath? No, that would be foolish because that doesn't that doesn't accomplish that. Um, mm-hmm. Faith in the blood of Yeshua does that. I just keep Sabbath because it demonstrates my faith. Right. Faith without works is dead. <laughs> you have exactly. to do something. Um, and so, and I just realized now that instead of just only obeying commands found in the New Testament, I obey all the commands in scripture. And the Sabbath is even all over the New Testament. And, um, you know, Yeshua says, be like me. Paul says, be like me, because I'm like Yeshua. Yeshua did mm-hmm. the Sabbath. If, if Yeshua didn't keep the Sabbath perfectly, he wouldn't be the perfect lamb of God. Right. Um, and when I realized that, I was like, oh. And we wouldn't have to keep it if he yeah. didn't keep it. Yeah, if he didn't keep it, we don't have to keep it. But of course, he kept all the law perfectly. And he never broke Sabbath. People who think Yeshua broke the Sabbath are misunderstanding and misinterpreting. And that's another topic. But I guarantee you, mm-hmm. he did not break the Sabbath. He right. had to be spotless. Um, and so, yeah, I do Sabbath out of obedience and to walk like Yeshua. And, and, and people who doubt that, people who think, well, this Amy lady is just checking off boxes. I am literally sometimes checking off some boxes. I have a prep day checklist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do literally check off boxes. Did I fill the car up with gas? Did I get the groceries? Did I, um, we have pasta on Friday nights. I make a whole, a lot of Friday nights. I make a lot of pastas because my, my teenage, like they're easy eaters. They just like leftover pasta, um, pasta all Saturday too. So I, do I, you know, did I make the pasta? Did I do this? So it is a checklist. But that's mm-hmm. not the heart behind it. And so in the book, I do talk about checklists, like have a mm-hmm. list of your Sabbath prep, but um, don't forget your heart and don't forget why you're doing it. And don't forget the gospel exactly. picture in it. And don't forget that it shows, it shows the world that you're a follower of Yeshua, Jesus Christ. Who else keeps Sabbath in the world? No one else. There's no other. I mean, only the only Sabbath keepers, it's a, it's a mark. It's a sign of us being in covenant with him. It is. Right. That's a perfect way to put it. And so I want to have that mark on my life, of course. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Um, And so when people talk about legalism, usually what they mean is doing things to gain favor with God or to get into heaven. Um, I'm going to say something a little controversial, but in a sense, if if legalism means... God has a list of rules that he expects us to keep, then God is a legalist because God mm-hmm. does have a set of rules. He asks us to keep. Mm-hmm. Now, does God think that those rules get us to heaven? No, but they go hand in hand with, with having faith in the blood of Yeshua. Yeah. So yeah, I always right. tell him like, what do you mean by that word? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you ask, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I was a Christian, I would say, yeah, you have to go to church on Sunday. Was I a legalist? Right. No, right. Um, no, that's say, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Christians say if a, if a mainstream Christian says to me, well, Amy, God doesn't care about any physical works. It's only the heart. I would say, well, do you take communion every month? Communion is a physical thing. You literally eat a little wafer. You literally drink a little cup of grape juice. Um, you bow your head and you stay quiet while they play a soft hymn. You know, that's that's a physical thing that they would say you have to do. Well, then God cares about physical things. And then I would say, what about baptism? Do you physically get immersed and come mm-hmm. out? And they would say, well, yeah. And I, then you believe that God wants physical things. And they, and of course, they would write say, action. It's action. Yeah, those things have a spiritual meaning. And I would say, mm-hmm. so does Sabbath. Sabbath is a physical thing that we do with a spiritual principle behind it. Um, and, and, he does ask it of us, and but it's not it's not a burden, and it's a gift because then you get a whole day off, and this is what I talk about in the book. You have time to watch those sermons, you have time to spend with God, you have time to um, hang out with your wife and talk to your kids. And you know, when I go to Sabbath church now, I don't leave right after the service. We stick around and we fellowship because we just love to be together. Nobody's in a rush. We eat together at every service. So nobody's hungry to get home or to go out to a restaurant because right. it's Sabbath. We're not doing that. We bring our crock pots and we sit and we eat and we hang out for hours. And most Sabbath churches I've seen, you know, we start at like 11, 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. It's so glorious. You know, I used to be on worship team and, 
nursery duty and all of that. And we would have to get up at like six o'clock on Sunday mornings. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and like, oh, with my, my kids were small and that was a little bit of a burden. Um, we mm-hmm. did it with joy, but it was still, it was hard. And now I'm like, oh, we just, we have people over on Friday nights. My backyard, most Friday nights is full of people over. Um, and then Saturdays we sleep in and then we go to one o'clock service and hang out mm-hmm. until eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. It is not hard. I know. I'll never go back. I'll never stop keeping Sabbath ever. Mm -hmm. Well, you brought up a really good point because you brought up covenant. And and I think as American churchgoers, we understand covenant that there's a Mosaic covenant, you know, a Noahic covenant, you know, Abraham, Divinic. I mean, they're all there. We know those covenants. But I think what we really don't understand is that when God made a covenant with Abraham, when he made a covenant with Moses, he was going back to what the people of that day, the kind of covenants that were made in that day and time. So Abraham understood already what God was doing when he said, go get these five animals and, and, you know, bring them to me. Nobody told him to sacrifice them, basically kill them and cut them in half. God never said that in his instructions, but Abraham did it because he understood what covenant was. So we do not have a good understanding of covenant and covenant is something that you keep when you're in relationship. It's a relationship that is, can never be broken or God will never break his covenant with us. We are covenant breakers, but he is not. But there was covenant language that went around, went along with that covenant keeping and and we're just not familiar with it. We don't recognize it when we hear it, but there were blessings and curses. And when you loved, you know, we hear like Esau got, God hated Esau, but Jacob, he loved. That's actually covenant language because you love the one who stays in covenant with you. And, and when you did not stay in covenant, you hated, it was like hating your King because you didn't stay in covenant with them. So, uh, we could do a whole nother podcast on covenant, I think. But I think when you have a really good understanding of covenant, then you have a better understanding of why keeping Shabbat, why keeping the Sabbath is part of covenant language. It's ca- part of what we do to show God we're, we are remaining faithful to his covenant. Mm-hmm. Does that does that make sense? I think I hope. Yeah. I mean, he says so. it, that it's a sign of the covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, can people be, now here's the big question. Can people be in covenant with God if they don't know about Sabbath at all? Uh, that's above my pay grade. Right. <laughs> I like to think that before yeah. I kept Sabbath, I was saved or in covenant. Um, that's just above my pay grade. But now that I know mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. turn my back on it. Right. Once I'm aware and convinced, I should say convinced, you know, people tell me stuff all the time. That doesn't mean I'm convinced of what they say, which mm-hmm. is why I'm saying to all of your listeners, don't just listen to Amy, get the book, look up the scriptures and you don't need my book. You know what? The first thing I did after I um, heard about Sabbath and Torah back when I was doing that academic study, I talked about, mm-hmm. um, I was, I started to get a little freaked out. I was like, does the Bible really say this? No way. I'm like, the only way to know is I have to read my Bible cover to cover, starting at the beginning. And there were so many topics, right? Like the zit zit mm-hmm. that I, you know, these little strings that I wear in my pants from Numbers 15 and the feast and what, what is food and what is not food and the Sabbath and a lot of different things that I was learning about. It was like this fire hose. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to read my Bible cover to cover, I just need to keep an eye out for one thing. And that will be the start of this. And I decided that it would be Sabbath because Sabbath is so, it was at that that point easy for me to understand. Like, is the Sabbath on Sunday? Is there Sabbath on Saturday? That was the debate in my head. Right. So I started in Genesis 1-1 and mm-hmm. I read the whole Bible as fast as I could in about six weeks, I think. Um, and part of the reason I was able to go so quickly is I was looking very specifically to see if there was any place where God or Yeshua changed the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. And it's not in there. It no. is absolutely not in there. Um, yeah. And then I was like, oh no. <laughs> well, that yeah. means this other stuff 
that, you know, might be still relevant too. And of course, as I studied more, I realized, oh, it is. Um, and then as I pra- put it into practice, I realized it's not even hard. I had been told all my life it was hard, um, which is why I wrote the book to show it's mm-hmm. not hard. And one thing I, at towards the end of the book, I really want people to know once, once they're convinced, even if they're not convinced that they have to keep Sabbath or that the Bible says that they must keep Sabbath, because again, that's not really the angle I'm coming at in the book. The angle I'm coming at in the book is that it's good for you mm-hmm. and blessings will come, but only if you do it God's way. So I teach them God's way to do the Sabbath for the blessings, which in a sense is a little selfish, but it's also not wrong. It's a gift that he gives to us. He wants to bless us. The father loves us and mm-hmm. he loves it when we align our lives and we surrender to him. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, I, I tell people, look, Sabbath is going to come and it's going to go with or without you. I look back on my life and I missed 37, 37 years of Sabbath with my king, with my family. And I won't miss another one until I die. I will not miss out on another Sabbath. Like you were saying, it's when you, when you look in Leviticus 23, he says, these are my feast days. He doesn't call them the Jews feast days. He says, these are my right. feast days. Passover, Sukkot, um, Pentecost, all these days. But the first one listed in Leviticus 23 is the Sabbath feast day. Mm-hmm. And we don't, a lot of us don't think of it like a feast day, um, but it's a meeting. It's a, it's a Moedim. It's an appointment right. with the King of Kings. And it's a, it's a special day with him. But he also then allows us to have fun on that day and to spend time with our families too and our, and our, community and our our broader um, faith family but i remind people you have to guard that sabbath because it's going to come and it's going to go with or without you you can completely ignore it but all you've done is missed out on another shabbat i call it shabbat sometimes it's the hebrew way of saying sabbath um so you have to guard your sabbath once you're convinced that you want to do sabbath for whatever reason you're convinced you have to guard it and protect it because no one else is going to do yes. that for you. If right. I let, you know, I have family who sometimes would prefer that I do certain things on Sabbath and I have friends in the community and, you know, now I work at the food bank. Sometimes they would prefer that I do certain things at this on the Sabbath, but I'm like, no, I'm mm-hmm. going to guard and protect it. I will do things to prepare, you know, whatever the food bank needs. I'm going to do that on Friday. Um, and then I have Sabbath. I, I keep my date. I keep my appointment. So very, very good. Yeah. I I love how you put that, that you have to guard it. You have to protect it because we don't think of it that way. And, and I, I can even take this a step farther because I, I love Bible study and I love teaching, but I love also, you know, just being in a class, but it's always heartbreaking when you see that you might have a class that starts out with 15, 20 people and you get down to six because they don't guard that day. They don't keep it like, and please don't think I'm saying sacred because that's not what I'm saying. No one, I mean, no one's sacred, but God. And so we, but his, his times are sacred to him and he wants us to meet. And so he wants us to meet with him. And, and those are the days he put into place before time began uh, these days and these appointments with him. And that's when he shows up. And it's like, if, if I showed up to a date and the guy was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I made other plans. You know, I mean, how devastated would that be to show up at someone's house and then say, they just tell you, well, I'm sorry, I'm not home. I made other plans. Uh, and that's kind of what we do to God. And um, it's like, sorry, i Saturday's my grocery shopping day. Saturday's my yard work day. I clean my house on Saturday. I can't be bothered with meeting with you because, but, you know, but I'll meet with you tomorrow and I don't mind. I can do that. So I guess it's just a matter of, of God has to show you though, right? I mean, I think we can say everything, like you said, I mean, you, you repeated this several times, but it's not about what you say. It's not about what I say. It's about what God says. And I do encourage people just pray and ask the Lord, which day am I to keep? Am I resting? Am I doing what you want? Because when you look back in scripture, people were destroyed. People were were literally destroyed or killed by God, not 
necessarily because they were evil people, but because they decided how they were going to worship the Lord and they weren't going to worship him the way he said to worship them, mm-hmm. him. And so when we don't worship him the way he says to worship him, it doesn't mean that we're worshiping him at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. He wants, <laughs> you know, I was always told and you know, when I was in the mainstream church and it is true. God wants our hearts more than anything. He mm-hmm. doesn't desire all these feast days and stuff. He desires a circumcised heart. And I, I do encourage people to pray and to see what they feel convicted of. But ultimately, yeah, we have to test it against scripture because I, I can feel and I have felt throughout my life all kinds of things that are not godly and they're not to be pursued. Um, so we have to test everything against scripture. And what is right. Jeremiah seventeen nine? You know, our hearts, if we're only trusting our hearts, they're so wicked. They're so wicked. You can't even understand how wicked they are. So mm-hmm. to trust our hearts is is foolishness. And, um, but scripture will, of course, never steer us wrong. And we just have to do hard things. You know, this, this kingdom life that we're to be living is is supposed to be radical and different. We're supposed to be weirdos. We're supposed to be a peculiar people and stand apart from the culture. And then that enables us. And part of what I say in the book too, is when we do this Sabbath thing, God's Mm -hmm. way, it refreshes us and it enables us the other six days of the week to be stronger, to do our kingdom. Cause the other six days are busy. They are packed. And sometimes, you know, right. I have to let things go. I just tell people I, I cannot do that thing. Um, now maybe yes. if I quit keeping Sabbath, then I would right. have time for more stuff, but that's not negotiable. Um, but it enables me to have more focus, more energy, more um, the spiritual refreshment that I need to work hard on those other six days of the week. Right. Absolutely. Well, we are out of time, but I so appreciate you talking about this and coming on. You made some great points. Um, and I, I love the way you explain this. And so I encourage people get her book. If you're at all interested in what it means to keep the Sabbath um, or Shabbat as the Hebrews say, but 30-day Sabbath challenge. And I love that word because shes it's a 30-day challenge. Can you do it? You know, so transform your life by resting God's way. Um, so thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate I all your wisdom it? today. Oh, go <laughs> ahead. Tell them where to get it. So my one. website is TorahSisters.com. And from there, you can go to the store. You can get download all the free stuff. Download all the free stuff. I, I yes. love it when people take the free stuff. You can check out the magazine. There's even a free issue that you can download. And that's where you can buy the book. And you can also just search for 30 Day Sabbath Challenge on Amazon. So thank you. Yep. Thank you for adding that. Because sorry, I got That's okay. Right. You got up. This was fun. Thank you, Stephanie. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find me at graftedjewishroots.com. Please check out my Bible study, Jewels of Hebrews, on my website. And I also have a Facebook page under the same name. Join me every Wednesday for a new episode of Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. Thank you for listening.